What's going on guys? It's June 9th, 2021. I'm Jacob Shiner. I'm coming to you trapped amongst the four walls I call a room. Coming to you talking about 1984 by George Orwell. And I'm going to talk about the themes and the plot and basically how I feel about this book and give you my full-on recommendation. So stick around, listen, and I hope you enjoy. So throughout the story, Winston Smith is our main protagonist, and he's placed in this dystopian society that Orwell kind of lays out as this futuristic know very control state of a place called Oceana now Oceana is always at war we learn they're never not fighting one of the two other countries whether it's Eurasia or East Asia and that just makes it very in a sense of like fear the story loves to, to tag along with the fear so we meet winston and we meet how he hates hates big brother now big brother is the fictional leader of the country and one of the things i love that orwell does is he doesn't give us an actual name to big brother we don't know who's actually behind the scenes so it's very very must in the perspective of winston smith we don't know who he hates who he likes it's very confusing and the fact that we never actually learn who the real enemy who the real big bad boss is i find amazing now winston lives through his life and he writes in his diary which is actually illegal and can be sentenced sentence him to death for just writing in a diary and that's a lot of things too if you think about rebellion if you do a lot of things you can be sentenced to death as a thought crime now thought crimes are basically just taking away your basic rights as a human and you must not think of anything you have no freedom of speech you have nothing and you are stuck to just basically live your life and work for the government as slaves and winston goes through his life and he's he sees this girl that he works with and he doesn't really know her you know he never really seen her around and one of the things Orwell taps with is this like paranoia that she may be a spy that's after Winston for writing in a diary. We learn that not to be true and that her name's Julia and she is like Winston. She doesn't like the government, but she only really does dislikes the government for the sense that she wants to enjoy herself. She wants to indulge in many relationships with many men, which she can't do under the laws of the government. So Winston feels that having a relationship with her is his first rebellious act against the government. And it's, it starts their love affair that they keep in secret, very Romeo and Juliet-like. But we go through the story and Winston is building, building, building up on this rebellion. And he meets one of his co-workers named O'Brien who invites him over and he believes O'Brien is a part of the rebellion which this character Emmanuel Goldstein who is basically the rebellious the rebellion's leader he believes that O'Brien is working 
for Emmanuel Goldstein and is trying to recruit Winston and Julia into the program. So he goes over to his house and he hands Winston Emmanuel Goldstein's manifesto, which is basically just how life should be in a way. And Winston reads it and he studies it, but he finds no real way to rebel against the government. And we're stuck, you know, it's he's stuck in a he doesn't know where to start, but he knows how he feels toward Big Brother towards Big Brother. And that's what I find wonderful about the story, and I feel you should 100% read it. If you love futuristic sci-fi dystopian society kind of stories, you know, like it's very like very much like Fahrenheit 451 in the sense of it's a government that is just very obsessed with controlling the people for their own benefit and it's wonderful and i recommend it to anyone to read it just because of how good the actual plot is and how it makes you feel and your perspective of it So now I'm going to tap into the many themes that George Orwell goes throughout the story, and those will be roughly around three major topics, although there are many other ones that I could sit here and talk about for hours, but I won't hold you that long. So it's dystopian society is one of the major ones that he kind of loves to just always talk about, like, faulty societies whether it's an animal farm or in 1984 there's also the aspect of fear where it's the government's inflicting this fear amongst the people and there's brainwashing which is the government's brainwashing its its proles which are another term for just everyday people into believing what the government wants them to believe and it's all super cool and super honestly awesome how he inflicts these themes into the reader so to start i'll talk about dystopian society and we we start to learn about this society oceana very early on in the chapter and in chapter two actually he goes over winston goes over to his neighbor mrs parsons house and he has to go fix her sink and as he's fixing the sink her two kids are running around begging mrs parsons to take them to see an execution a live execution in the middle of the park that day when i first read that i was taken back i was shocked like what kids want to go see someone get executed that's the great that's the crazy thing like a federal execution young kids made it to the spectacle and this quote here kind of sums it up but why can't we go see the hanging for the boy and his huge voice want to see the hanging want to see the hanging chanted the little girl still camper capering around some eurasian prisoners guilty of war crimes were to be hanged in the park that evening winston remembered this happened about once a month and it was a popular spectacle children always clamored to be taken to see it he took his leave of mrs parsons and made for the door that quote 
amazes me. The fact that something as brutal as an execution is turned into a spectacle basically equal to a football game or a state championship basketball game. Like, it's crazy how it seemed to be this amazing event that kids would love to go to. They have the same excitement to go to a hanging as they do a carnival, which is two completely opposite things. You would think a hanging is more sad and somber when a carnival is very exciting and happy, and they have that same energy towards both of that, and I find that freaky in a way. It, it freaked me out, and I, I couldn't not think of it, and it was so early into the book too, which blew my mind. But Throughout the story, we also see a bunch of illegal laws that I talked about before, how it was illegal to, you know, go and basically write in a diary and have any civil, everyday rights that we feel accustomed to. And Orwell took notice of this, and as a reader, you're reading it, you're like, well, I, I don't know how I would live in this society. It, it seems brutal to live in this society, but, you know, there's still people that do in the book in 1984 and it's crazy i also want to touch upon in chapter eight at the end of book one winston's walking around the dirty streets of london well what was formerly known as london now it's oceana and an explosion goes off probably from the eurasian war that oceana's in and a severed hand flies in and just lands right in front of Winston. Now, when I first read this, I was shocked. I was like, whoa, like, that's extreme. That's a bit of, like, out of pace. You know, it was, it was, norm it was formerly calm at that moment of the story. And it was like, kind of just like a, like a shocker. Like, you're like, whoa, like, did, did Orwell really just throw a dead body just right in front of Winston? But what was really crazy about it was Winston didn't care didn't really care about the the severed hand he just kicked it like he legit walks by and kicks the hand into the sewer and that blew me like i was shocked i was like how are you just gonna walk by a severed hand that once belonged to a person and just ignore it as if it was nothing me personally i'd be shocked i'd be grossed i'd be my, my day would be ruined. Winston just didn't care. He just walked right by and went on with his night. And that's what's crazy about the society. The, those two things, how the kids want to see the hanging and how Winston just has no care in the world toward a severed hand that once belonged to a person just in the streets. And that's, it's just, just, it just goes to show how Orwell's dystopian society of Oceana is this society that just destroys the emotions of its people and just makes it so so brutal for them to live in how they just have no care in the world like at all i also want to talk about uh winston and julia and their relationship now they met in book one and they didn't really start having you know like a secret rebellious relationship until book two so he loves I, he loves Julia in the sense of he hasn't met someone yet that feels the same idea of rebellion that he does. 
And the funny thing is, is Julia doesn't really have much care for the rebellion. She just wants to enjoy herself and, you know, have relationship with other guys and just basically live a normal life, which is kind of accepted in today's society. But in Oceana, it's illegal and it's actually punishable by death if you do it. And that's, it's crazy. And Winston is in love with this girl and he goes around sneaking around and it's his Orwell uh, connects it to his first rebellion against Oceana how it was illegal for him to be with her but he still did it and Winston was very proud of this and that's why I feel it also touched into Winston having maybe more stronger feelings than Julia did when Julia was kind of just nonchalant about it and never didn't really have the same reaction Winston did but Oh, that's their relationship was was crazy and it was it was a good read you know like you, you could tell they liked each other in the sense of they wanted to have a relationship together but it it, it wasn't anything amazing if that you understand what i'm saying but um i also want to talk about o'brien with the, the theme of a dystopian society and it's it's crazy to think like O'Brien's character. I, I personally love O'Brien's character throughout the book, and I'm not going to spoil it for what happens with O'Brien. But his character is awesome in the in the way because you see him, and he's just this normal coworker. Same thing with Julia; they were both normal coworkers that you didn't realize possibly had the same ideologies that Winston were having at the same time, and. I love how Orwell is depicting his characters in the sense of you don't know, you're learning everything about your characters the same as Winston's learning about them. And that's what's awesome about it because when you think of a first person perspective, I haven't seen many books that have done it as good as 1984 because you are actually in Winston's perspective to the fact where you're thinking like Winston and you don't know what to believe. And this dystopian society just about how O'Brien is just this character that you know it's kind of just thrown into it it's crazy you know it's just that perspective of Winston is just it, it blows my it blows me away with how well George Orwell depicts the characters in his novel the second theme I want to tap on is brainwashing now brainwashing is used a lot there's a lot of different forms and ways that, you know, like, Orwell depicts this brainwashing. And, you know, we go into, there's these three major lies that are told throughout basically the entire story. And it's war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. Now, when you think of that, you're like, that sounds pretty opposite, you know, like, war is not peace war is violence war is brutality war is death but in 1984 it's seen as peace and this is big brother's form of making them believe the acts they are committing with you know east asia and eurasia are okay in the sense how they how it's just okay to be at war with someone you know like they feel it's better to be at war than if you're at peace because if you're at peace then it's worse 
They want the people, Big Brother wants the people to be okay with the war. They don't want anyone to, you know, rebel. Like, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Vietnam War with how people in the Vietnam War, they didn't want America to be involved in Vietnam's issues, so they protest. And they said, like, war is violence, but in this sense, it's the opposite. And then freedom is slavery. Well, freedom isn't slavery. Slavery is taking power over someone. It's it's not freedom. You don't have your own free will. And it's just opposite. And I find that to be crazy how that one can get away. That one stuck with me the most. Definitely freedom is slavery. And ignorance is strength. And it's basically saying just you're better off. You're stronger to be ignorant. You're stronger to not know what's going on. You're stronger to have no clue about society than you are if you know society. And that's just crazy. And I also want to talk about Winston works for the Ministry of Truth. Now, the Ministry of Truth, you think they're telling the truth. But in reality, it's the opposite. The Ministry, the ministry of Truth actually burns the truth. They go, they take what actually happens and they reverse it and they'll take out they'll edit textbooks they'll edit dictionaries they'll edit anything that seems like a threat to the party and that's what's crazy about it it's crazy that you can shift someone's perspective just through government control and the ministry of truth does that amazingly and then there's also the fact that you can be killed literally killed for doing something that opposes the party meaning you're living it, it kind of taps in the the fact that you could be killed by the thought police for doing something that opposes the party into all three with dystopian society brainwashing and fear because it brainwashes you to believe well like i i haven't done anything wrong you know like i haven't rebelled so i can't be killed and then it gives you the aspect of fear because if you're like you can be like you can be scared to commit a crime and then it's just it taps into the dystopian feel and dystopian society of you can be killed for literally having a diary that's that was one that really shocked me simply because it's like i feel like a diary is something just normal you know a journal or anything like i'm staring at my journal right now like looking in front of me at my notes like it's it's such a normal thing that i feel is so weird to be a crime be a crime punishable by death if anything and it's the the multiple brainwashing that oceana does is just crazy and now I'll tap into the fear theme. So fear is a big, big part. Like I mentioned before, like there's the thought police that can kill you if you simply just oppose the government in any shape or form. You could be killed. You could be executed just because you did one thing wrong, and that's what's crazy. And in every home, in every restaurant, bar, basically everywhere you go, there are telescreens. Now, telescreens are these big projectors, kind of like a smart board in a way that you have in like your classroom or anything, but it's these big projectors that have the face of Big Brother, who's just this 
sharp looking man with a mustache on and kind of in my head kind of reverted me to Stalin which was kind of funny that I thought about that because of Animal Farm and how Animal Farm has connections to the Communist Party and all that stuff but it, it kind of made me think of like Stalin, Joseph Stalin in Russia and his dominant like dictator feel control that he had and then the telescreens are basically one-way cameras that can see out but you can't see in you know you can just uh, anyone can be observing you at any time of any day if they never turn off they are never destroyed they are always on 24 7 and it is that fact that it is on and it is the possibility that they can be watching you which implements the fear factor right throughout this entire book the fact that you are never out of sight of the government the fact that everything you do can be exposed and that is kind of cool in a way like i'm like i'm geeking out over this book but i i love that aspect of you you can be observed in any way just because the government wants to watch you or they find you as a threat and it blows my mind now there's a character that was throughout the book called Syme now Syme was another one of Winston's co-workers that worked you know he was relatively close to him now Syme when he's introduced he talks about opposing the government and when you first hear him he's He's not opposing the government in the way of like Winston where he wants rebellion. He's just opposing the government in the way of like, ugh, like I'm tired of this. Like I, I I don't like this. Like I don't like how things are run. I don't like how I have to change the truth. I don't like how I have to shift people's minds and brainwash them into thinking what the government wants them to think. And then one day Winston takes notice. Syme's not there. Syme has disappeared he's vanished and he's vanished from the story completely Winston takes note to it but never actually thinks about him again and that taps into what happens after you're caught by the thought police when you're caught by the thought police everything about you is erased everything it, it's whether it's family whether it's friends co-workers someone you met once in your life you're taken away and you're basically erased from history because you were seen as a threat to the government and that's what also taps in that's what's also like interesting about the story because it's leaves you in an isolated state you know if you had to think about living in the 19 in oceana in 1984 like you're kind of isolated from everybody you have no say because think about it if you get too friendly with someone and then that friendly person turns out to be rebellious against the government you're gonna die too and that's what's so great about the the factor of the fear the fear the fear factor that's put into this book it is crazy how orwell depicts this sense of nervousness and anxiety that just 
goes through each page of the book, and I absolutely am obsessed with it. Now lastly, I want to talk about my feelings toward the book, and how I truly felt about the story, and you know, like I already mentioned how I recommended the book to you, like listeners, and I feel you guys should definitely check this one out. It is so invigorating and interesting and mind-blowing. Like, I, I can't get over the fact that, like, of some of these parts in the story, they just, they encased me. They, they trapped me amongst the pages, and I'm, I can say I truly love this book, and it's definitely up in one of my favorites now. And, I feel I feel the pacing was a bit slow and I feel Orwell could have you know there were some parts where it was like very slow and just minuscule thoughts that like didn't need to be mentioned but that's just my judgment on it maybe you as a reader if you read the book you find it to be interesting and very important to the plot but eh, there's some parts that I feel that could could have been done away with to shorten a couple pages or make the page not seem so hard to read through or turn to the next one to where you just want to like take a break because you're drawn out on one detail but that's my opinion and you know I think would I say this book is underrated I don't think so nor do I think it's overrated. I think it's perfectly where it's at because you have to think of this is this is one of George Orwell's classics. You know, it's probably not better than Animal Farm, but it's definitely, if anything, his second best. And I feel this story got a lot of hype, and I, I remember hearing that it got a lot of hype when president or former president donald trump was elected into office because you know everyone feared this control state dystopian society that orwell depicted with big brother in his book 1984 and that's what i thought was like kind of cool you know like i i love the hype behind it i remember hearing about it actually when president trump was elected but you know like I feel it was a bit extreme in a way, but there's one part or one aspect of the book that I really loved and that it was, you were always unaware of the truth. You were literally in the perspective of Winston Smith and it, every twist, every turn, every betrayal, every new like theory or new plot point you are experiencing with Winston and through Winston's mind. And it is the, honestly, I feel it's one of the best books I've seen first person, first person perspective be used because you are so unaware of the truth, just like Winston is. You don't know what to believe. You have no clue who is lying, who is telling the truth or anything at all. And you feel you can only trust Winston when Winston doesn't even trust himself in the book. There's the the idea of doublethink and believing two truths that are essentially lies and you are just in a left in a state of confusion and it is so well done and i feel it is so 
so perfectly thought out and depicted in the sense of nothing is real in the end you know you you could go up throughout the whole story and just think it was all a lie it was all just a double thought it was all just nothing the whole book could be just erased you have no clue anything if anything was real or true or if it's a government ploy to make you think you did something and it has left readers wondering ever since its release and it is awesome it is awesome in that sense but i, I love the questions of just what it, like the essential question that what if this actually happens you know like how do you feel this can be prevented from happening you know like what what i love about books is you know it, especially books like these it's it's kind of like how do we not make this happen in a way like how do we keep everything the way it's going to eventually not get to that dystopian point and that's what i love about this and it's it leaves you that question and you think you're just like well what can we do as a society to not become oceana or not become anything that is like oceana and i just feel that's such a cool aspect of the book how it's just left you to basically rebel in a sense of you don't want oceana you do not want that society in that sense so as a reader you are technically rebelling because you don't want to become like oceana even though oceana's biggest thing is you they want you to submit to their party and to, to their regime but as a reader i mean i haven't met anyone that read the book that wanted to become um oceana so as a reader you're rebelling as me personally as a reader i was rebelling against oceana i find that kind of cool in that sense but again i recommend this book oh i will recommend this book to my sister my mother my father my friends my teachers like everyone i will recommend this book to because i feel this is such an important read to have and So, in the end, I recommend 1984 by George Orwell to everyone. It was a perfect book, and I feel you should all read it. Go to your local Barnes & Nobles, go to your high school, go to your library, go anywhere and pick up this book. This was an amazing book, and I feel everyone should check it out at least once in your life, you know, whether you're in college, high school, you know, or you're just a old dad that wants to read a book for once you know just check it out it is perfect and you know always remember big brother's watching you this is jacob shiner have a good one everyone and i'll catch you peace